have noticed the gospel text is a little out of order this week. Instead of the lectionary text of Matthew 28, I chose instead a text on our theme for today of gratitude. Now you may be wondering why this gospel out of all the possibilities was the one that I chose. I mean, surely there are more fitting texts, right? Like the traditional Thanksgiving text of the ten lepers who were healed and one comes back to say thanks. Or the start of basically every letter from Paul. Or all the Psalms of Thanksgiving, of which we just heard one. So why did I choose this text? Why John 12? I want to focus on the characters of today's gospel, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, Jesus, and yes, even Judas. So for a quick timeline check, this is right after Lazarus was raised, but is before Judas sells Jesus out and before Jesus is put to death and rises. Mary and Martha and Lazarus welcome Jesus back into their home on his way to Jerusalem. The next story in John's Gospel in order is the triumphant entry that we celebrate on Palm Sunday. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he knows he is going to be put to death. And on his way, he stops one more time at the house of his friends. Now, if you were here a few months ago when I preached on the raising of Lazarus, you know that they were close. This was a close relationship already. They were good friends. And they have a dinner for him when he arrives. They want to show him how grateful they are for what had just happened a few days earlier. See, Jesus had come and raised Lazarus from the dead. And here he is in this 12th chapter of John, sitting at the table with Jesus, a close friend, very much alive and well. This meal was how they showed their gratitude. Lazarus, by deepening his friendship through sitting right next to Jesus at the table with him. Martha, by serving the meal. Now, Martha and Lazarus aren't doing anything wrong. They're likely aware of the lack of proportion their meal is to the miracle that had occurred. But it was what they knew. Preparing a meal, sharing it together. It was how they knew how to say thanks. This was how you expressed love and gratitude, even for something so great. But Mary, she felt like it wasn't enough. I, I get this. I get this feeling from Mary. I have this same feeling. When I stop and think about what Jesus has done for me, for my sake, I often feel like I'm not doing enough. So I can easily picture Mary helping to serve the meal and then taking just a moment, just a pause on the activity around and looking around the room at her very much alive brother sitting next to the one who brought him back from the dead. And she just can't handle it. In verse 3 it says, Mary took a pound of costly perfume, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. She does something that on the outside seems kind of wasteful and a little reckless. But if you've been there, if you've ever sat back for just a second and noticed the reality of the gifts and blessings around you, 
you too might respond in this same way, with extravagance and overflowing love. Mary's act here is gratitude times 100. And it's why I chose this text for this day. Because this is what we're asking this community of Prince of Peace to do together in these next 30 days. To take notice of the little things and the big things. It's gratitude and it's a practice. So that's what we'll do together. We're going to practice gratitude. And two things are likely to happen, which we learn from today's text. People around us will not get it, and we will likely be changed. If you notice, Judas, not quite the full-on bad guy that he's going to be later on in the story, but still getting there, does not understand what Mary has just done. He thinks it's ridiculous and wasteful, and he calls her out. So people might not get it when you say you're practicing gratitude, when you're working on this skill, and that's okay. Gratitude changes us. Mary's simple act of noticing what's happening in front of her and thinking about what it actually means plays out in this powerful way. And when we do the same thing, when we take note of the ways in which we are blessed, we are changed. Now, there are a lot of scientific studies using good and quality research practices with peer-reviewed results, which scientists in the room will appreciate this, that tell us all about these positive results of gratitude. See, gratitude literally changes the chemicals in your brain. Really. And all those brain changes up there translate to the rest of you, to your health, your sleep, your work, your relationships, your self-image, your happiness. So here's what I want to make extra clear. Gratitude does not change your circumstances. It changes your perspective. And that can make a huge difference in your life. That does change things. Sometimes life just sucks. It just does. Sometimes things that are bad are not getting better. But you can still have moments of gratitude within those horrible things of life. It's possible. But it's a practice. It takes practice. Now, real quick here, though it's easy to use them interchangeably, there is a slight difference between being thankful and having gratitude. And I, we will use them interchangeably basically all morning long. And thankfulness is important, saying thank you to those around you. That's why we chose that book for kids' time. And it is important because that's what we're asking you to do each and every day is to think of the things that you want to say thank you for. But gratitude is a state of mind that leads to joy even when things aren't great. So before we have Josie come up and talk to us, she's an author that wrote about gratitude, I'm going to have... Kid President, give you some suggestions of things to be thankful for. And I want to, I want you to think about how your thankfulness for these things can lead to gratitude. And then we'll have Josie come up and talk a little bit more about our experiment.
Awesome. So, yes, we have a lot to be thankful for. And so part of what we're going to do over the next 30 days is this gratitude practice, a 30-day experiment where we spend time each day talking with somebody else about what we are thankful for for that on that day. So um, I'm going to invite up Josie, and while you're coming up here, I'll turn on your microphone for you if it's not already on. Um, Josie and I met because the, the place that published my book published her book, and we met at an event where... I pulled uh, LaCroix out of my purse, and so did she, and we became friends, <laughs> because that is how the world works, and then we realized how awesome the other one is, so we've been um, planning this for a little while, and so I'm very excited to have her here, um, so Josie is going to talk to us a little bit about this experiment that we're doing together, so why don't you welcome Josie up here. Thank you. Yay. Well, I'm going to start with a question for all of you this morning. How many of you in here like to garden? A few, a few of you, okay. How many of you in here are like, I'd rather hire somebody to do my garden for me? It's okay, it's okay. Um, no matter where you're at on the gardening spectrum, you all know what a beautiful, healthy garden looks like, right? Everything's in bloom, it's green, it's lush. I want you to imagine for a minute that a garden is a metaphor for you. What would your garden look like? Would it be healthy and thriving? Or could it use a little work? So this is what a healthy, thriving garden looks like. Um, you're waking up in the morning feeling refreshed, looking forward to the day, you're eating well, you're healthy, you're sleeping well at night, you feel like you have purpose, you feel joyful, content. That's a healthy, thriving life garden. If that's what your garden looks like right now, that's awesome, good for you. I'd say most of us could probably use a little work with our gardens. I want you to imagine that um, stress are like weeds that grow in your garden, and I'd imagine most of us have a few stress weeds in our gardens. Stress could be in your body, it could be within your family, it could be with your job, it could be with having enough money to come through. Those, I want you to think of that as being weeds in your garden, okay? And even for those of you who have a healthy, thriving life garden right now, what happens to a garden when a huge storm rolls into town like the one we had this morning? Yeah, exactly. It can wipe out your garden, right? The same thing happens to us when a huge storm rolls into our life, like death, divorce, illness. All those things are huge storms that can wipe out even the healthiest life garden. So today what I'm actually going to talk to you guys about is how to grow a beautiful, healthy life garden through the practice of gratitude. I'm going to teach you a really simple technique that you can use that's going to grow beautiful, healthy flowers and get rid of all those stress weeds. Um, and I'm also going to walk it through you step by step and tell you exactly what practice you can use for 30 days, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Does that sound good? Okay. But first, before we get started, I want to, to be totally honest with you and tell you what my garden used to look like before I started practicing gratitude. So if you can see that picture, that's me with my two um, little boys there. And this was taken a few years ago before I started practicing gratitude. And I remember the day this, this picture was taken thinking, Okay, Josie, there's a camera out right now. You have to look like you're having a super good time. So this is me having a super good time. Okay, can you guys tell? No. Um, here's what was happening in my life at, the, at that time. Um, I had a, a case of postpartum depression that I just could not pull myself out of. It had started right after my oldest son, Lucas, was born and continued with my youngest son. Um, I was a closet alcoholic. I used alcohol as a way to just deal with my depression and anxiety. Um, I was completely disconnected from everyone in my life, especially my children and husband. I was just so anxious and depressed and miserable that I took it out on everybody around me. And as a result, my relationships were just suffering as a result. 
Um, we were living in one of the poorest neighborhoods in the Twin Cities, and my job as a counselor had just been cut to the point where I was barely working. And so we were living off of one income, and it was just like a straight hustle to try to, to make it each month to pay for basic things like groceries and things like that. Uh, and the biggest thing was just I felt like I didn't have any kind of sense of purpose. My spiritual life was zero. Um, just getting out of bed each morning was a huge struggle for me. I was so drowning in my own weeds in my garden that I couldn't see these two beautiful flowers that were also growing in my garden with me. And what I was really, really good at doing was feeding the weeds in my garden. I was really, really good at focusing on all the things that were going wrong in my life, all the negative stuff, and not focusing on these beautiful children that I had and helping to grow them or, or all the other amazing things in my life. All I wanted to focus on was my weeds, and they were drowning me. And what I didn't realize at the time was that thinking about all these negative things and focusing on my weeds was actually the root cause of most of my problems. Now I want to um, show you my garden after I started using gratitude in my life and after I'd completed a 30-day gratitude practice with my son. This, was, this photo was taken six months later after that first photo was taken. Can you guys notice the difference? Yeah, huge difference. So here's what was happening in my life six months later after I ha had started using gratitude in my life. Um, I finally quit drinking, and I'm proud of before I'm still sober years later. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know it's a miracle to me because I tried many times to quit. Um, I'd lost about 20 pounds partly because I'd quit drinking so much and because I started taking better care of myself. I was feeling better, and so I started eating better, sleeping better, working out, um, and so I was a lot healthier. Uh, my relationships with everybody around me completely improved. With my husband, my children, you can see I'm holding them in this picture. In the other picture, they were kind of at a distance. Um, it was more loving and positive in our relationships as opposed to fighting and irritation, which was what it had been before. I had my dream job kind of just came to me out of the blue, um, miraculously, and had gotten a raise along with it. And so our money problems just sort of transformed overnight, which was amazing since we had been struggling for many years um, with that. But the biggest thing for me was really that I had struggled with depression and anxiety for a really long time of my life. And I would say I finally felt content and happy. And that, to me, was the biggest miracle. So even though my life really was pretty similar to how it was before I had started this practice, everything was different. And what I talk about in the book is that it was like seeing my life with new eyes, that things I had never noticed before, like the sun and the rain, food, my children, my husband, all these things that I'd never seen before now became these huge blessings to me. And everything improved in my life as a result. And the only thing that I had done differently was that I had started practicing gratitude. I had done a really simple 30-day gratitude practice with my four-year-old son when Lucas was four. Um, every night before we went to bed, we would sit in his little bed, snuggle up in his blanket. We'd talk about what we were grateful for, write it down, and put it into a little gratitude jar. And I recorded all of our conversations on tape. And that, that single experience completely transformed our entire family's life. So much so that I ended up writing a book about it. But um, the analogy that I use, going back to the garden analogy with gratitude, is that it's a lot like planting a, a super flower in your garden. 
that once you plant this, this, this one gratitude flower, can grow all these other beautiful gratitude flowers and kind of destroy the weeds, weeds in their wake. And so I'm going to show you guys the, the simple technique that I used. I call it give thanks. And this is the, the technique that I encourage you to do for the next 30 days. Um, and it's really simple. And the coolest thing is, is that, like Natalia was talking about, researchers have found all these huge benefits that people, people enjoy as a result of practicing gratitude. They feel happier, they're sleeping better, they're exercising more, their relationships improve with everyone around them. It goes on and on. But the coolest thing is, is that all these benefits continue even after you've quit doing your gratitude practice. So they found that if you do a practice for 30 days, that even six months to a year and beyond later, all these benefits are still continuing after the person has quit doing their practice. That's what's so amazing about it. I really believe that gratitude just changes you at such a, a deep level that that's why these changes continue to, to keep happening. So here it is. I'll walk you through it right now. It's really simple. It's called Give Thanks. So the first is the T, which is to just think about what you're grateful for. And the H is to have an open mind. Now I talk about in the book how I used to think it was silly. I'd give gratitude about food all the time. I love to eat. And so, you know, I think it was silly. I'd be giving gratitude about a brownie. But when I went deeper into it, I realized that living in a country where food is abundant is a huge gratitude. So no matter how, you know, silly or small you think your gratitude is, it's not. It's important. So have an open mind. The A is to allow yourself to feel gratitude. Gratitude is a super healing emotion that just heals your heart. And it's one of the only positive emotions that you can just call up on your own. Like if I said to you, I want you to feel happy right now, you can just make yourself happy. But if I said I want you to feel grateful, you can feel that in your body. And it's a super healing, calming emotion. So allow yourself to feel it. The N is to note your gratitude, so write it down. All you have to do is write down, I am grateful for blank because of blank. And writing it down brings it in, it grounds, it makes it physical. The K is to keep it in a special place. And so I like gratitude journals. Um, I also like gratitude jars. We use a gratitude jar. I like having physical things sitting out because every time you walk by them, you get a little boost of gratitude every time you see them. Um, and also, if you ever are having a uh, down day, you know, you can just reach in and read through your gratitude jar, slips of paper, or read through your journal. Um, just in, in these journals that I have, there's lots of space to write, but I had a, a woman at an event I was at last time who she used to leave her journal out on the, the kitchen counter in the morning, and her, teenage, her and her teenage daughter would write in it before they were about to leave for the day, and then they'd read through their gratitudes when they got home at night, which I thought was a really cool idea and um, a really powerful way to, to practice gratitude. Um, and like I said, my son and I just kept a gratitude jar together, and it was just, that was amazing. The S is to share it with somebody else. So this is what I call the secret sauce, because sharing your gratitude with somebody else makes it so powerful. There's a Swedish proverb that says, happiness shared is happiness doubled, and that is so true when it comes to gratitude. And um, I think that just the simple act of sharing something with somebody else be a gratitude prayer, whatever. It's just, it's so powerful. And so I think you guys doing this for 30 days as a congregation is just so, so amazing. And um, I'm so excited to, to come back in 30 days and see how you're doing, you know, if you've noticed any amazing things that have happened, how you're feeling. Um, because I, what I hear from people who have used this practice in their life is, yes, they have amazing things happen to them in their life, amazing opportunities come out of the blue, but the biggest thing that I hear from people is how much better they feel as a result of using this practice in their life. 
And what I hear from people is, oh, I'm so much less stressed out. Things that used to bother me don't bother me as much anymore. The fear that I used to have about things is gone. That is the biggest thing that I hear. So even though the circumstances in your life might be the same, everything's different. You're, you can navigate it. You can weather that storm much easier. And, um, and that's why the, the subtitle of my book is A Simple Guide to Creating Miracles because I've seen them happen not only in my own life but in other people's life as well. Just straight up miracles happen when you start using this practice in your life. So my advice to you is to start planting those gratitude super flowers today. Plant your first flower today for the next 30 days and uh, let the miracles begin. Thank you. So in the Welcome Center have supplies for you guys to make a jar to keep your gratitudes in this month. So Foy's, this is yours because Veda made it. Isn't it pretty? Um, so these are available. So what we're going to ask you to do, I know it's, it seems kind of weird, like you don't want to get in church, you don't want to get too self-helpy, right? Because church is different. This is not where we come to self-help. We come here and we receive grace in abundance and we sit here and take in the fact that we are fed and forgiven and washed and claimed and named and sent, right? That's why we come to church. But sometimes we need more than this space to remind us of what God has done for us. You know, for me, this is easy. I literally have the love of God tattooed on me for a reason, because I forget it all the time, and I need to see this on me all the time. Otherwise, I just don't think about it. And so we're going to take these 30 days and intentionally practice thinking about it. Okay? And so if you want to make more than one and give it to somebody and, and tell them what we're doing here, a Prince of Peace person or not, it doesn't matter. I encourage you to make more than one. Um, invite people into this practice with us. And then on the Wednesday worship, uh, the 12th of July, Josie's going to be back on that Wednesday night and she's going to talk us through sort of process with us what the 30 days has done for us again doesn't change our circumstance right cancer still sucks whether or not you're in gratitude or not cancer sucks and that doesn't change but when we focus if you're anything like me if you focus on all the bad stuff you just spiral down real fast and what we're asking is to spiral up instead always up to the grace that is being poured upon us so with that we're going to send you. So we are here reminded again that we are named, claimed, fed, forgiven, sent. So do we go in peace to love and serve the Lord? Forever you are fed.